Welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast, where our mission is to help everyone recognize and experience the presence of God. Hey everyone, welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast. My name is Kristen Russell, and today I'm sure we'll cover a multitude of topics, but we're really going to zero in on mental health, and particularly mental health and stress around the holidays, because we have a few of those coming up in the next few weeks. And today I am joined by a very special guest. Today I'm joined by Terry Stevenson. And Terry is a licensed professional counselor, and she graduated with her master's um, in 1991 from CMU, Fire Up Chips. And uh, she has worked in a variety of professional settings, including, uh, I just learned she was hired in right out of college as a religious ed coordinator here at Blessed Sacrament. And not only have you been a religious ed coordinator, but you're a spiritual director. And um, you've volunteered in a as a lector, a Eucharistic minister, uh, you worked as a pastoral minister at St. James and did funeral vigils, and so you're very involved in the church, which is awesome, um, but you know, in your private practice, you've been in private practice since 2008, and you specialize in work uh, with couples, which is awesome, and I see, I, I read that you've prepared well over 100 couples for marriage, which is fantastic. And uh, some of the things Terry covers with individuals um, are depression, anxiety, grief and loss, substance abuse, and work-related stress. So thank you for joining us, Terry. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. (laughs) I told Terry via email, we're going back and forth, and I couldn't contain my excitement. Normal people would be like, why are you so excited to talk about mental health? I'm excited to talk about mental health because it's so important. Oh, it absolutely is. And and so I, from your, you know, in, in your professional opinion, why is mental health and focusing and taking time to examine mental health so important? Well, you know, life is a gift from God, and we've been given a mind, body, and a spirit, and we have to attend to all of those things. And by, you know, tuning into what's going on in my thoughts what are my feelings? Mm-hmm. You know, it's that that piece of attending to our mind and paying attention to that because certainly mental illness affects our thinking. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes in mental health, we're focusing on cognitive behavioral therapies for both the treatment of depression and anxiety. And we have to examine, you know, how healthy are my thoughts And, you know, how do those thoughts influence my behaviors? Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, it's important to, you know, recognize that life is a gift. You have a mind, a body, and a spirit, and you need to attend to all of those things. It's a very holistic approach, which is very important. And I think it's important, I mean, that holistic approach is important, the mind, body, spirit. And so I thought... Um, maybe as a way of kind of diving into this, uh, do a little scripture study because I think sometimes people think that, I don't know, when it comes to mental health, like you just have to have more faith and, you know, you can get over it, which is incredibly dangerous. Um, but even in scripture, we can see God meeting people where they're at. And we see it in Jesus, but I'm actually going to go back to the Old Testament. um, And we're going to look at 1 Kings 19, and it's verses 11 through 13. So it 
This is the story of Elijah. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. So again, that was 1 Kings 19. And leading up to this, I, I, context is always so important. Elijah's being persecuted, and he's basically been driven into the mountains. And he's feeling like he's doing all of this work for God, yet he's being persecuted for it. And so he has literally hit his rock bottom. So I'm wondering, you know, as you listen to this, to these verses and to the scripture, how do you think God relates to us when we're in those seasons of depression and those seasons of this hitting rock bottom? I think that, you know, I mean, when I think about that scripture, you know, the first thing God asked Elijah to do was to go out on the mountain and stand in the presence of the Lord. And I think, you know, God always speaks through us through love. And when we're in nature, we're surrounded by, you know, God's love and his creation, which, you know, I think so many people find such delight and joy. Um, so I, I think step one is always immerse yourself in my love. You know, look around you. See the people in your life. See my love for you. Um, you know, the second thing is that God wasn't in the powerful wind. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire, but he was in the whisper. And I think that that's a lesson for us to, you know, get quiet and make time for that kind of quiet and I think Jesus taught us that many, many times we read in Scripture that Jesus went off to a lonely place to pray and to be alone. And when you think if God needs that, you know, how much do we as human beings need that? Absolutely. And I guess I, I, I just I love the gentleness of God in this because, I mean, even, you know, thinking about in times of sadness what is it that I've I've craved from people? And maybe, it's maybe just a hug. It's something so simple, so gentle. And I think when we think of God, we think all-powerful. We think, um, you know, created the earth and the stars and all of these things. But we don't often think about God as gentle. Yeah, those little tiny things that can speak to us. But when you're so busy, mm-hmm. you don't you don't notice those things. Right. So, you know, being a reflective person and having time for quiet and solitude, I I think those things are really being said in that scripture verse. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, you know, God calling out and saying to, recognizing that Elijah is in this period of, you know, depression, I, I think, too, God is calling out to all of us to take care of our mental health. And, you know, when things get too overwhelming, um, 
Why do you think there's such a stigma around asking for mental health help? Well, I think that, I mean, thankfully that piece is getting better. Yes, it is. People are being more open about their mental health experiences, and that is so important because it's pretty normal, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to have struggles at some point in your life with either depression or anxiety. In fact, you know, I'll go so far as to say most people will have some kind of an experience of anxiety or depression. It's just what life brings us sometimes because we're human. Mm-hmm. Um, so your question was about stigma, and I, I think that with stigma – you know, it's it's hard, I think, to get your mind around things that you can't see under the microscope. There is no blood test. Mental health diagnoses are made subjectively. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people tend to discount them as real because we don't, we can't look at it and say, mm-hmm. oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. But it's very real for people, and it can have a huge impact on their ability to function. Um, we also have old notions of, you know, people should be able to just snap out of it. And, you know, with clinical depression or anxiety, you can't do that. You often need some treatment and some help. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that it's okay to ask for help, I think that's just a very, uh, we are very individualistic in the way we approach things, especially um, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we can do it on our own. Um, but if there's anything that our faith teaches us, it's that oh, we should never go at it alone. You know, community is, is so, so important. It is so important. And I'm sure, you know, in, in seeking mental health help, like your support system is clutch in terms of helping you be successful, not just, you know, the, the one-on-one time you spent bend in, um, with a counselor or a therapist, but you know, your your friends, your family, that also helps build up, and they can also be a source of stress and and anxiety. Um, so it kind of goes, you know, mental health. It's very, it's just very complex. Well, and that's why it's important to know yourself and to try to find that balance in your life. And and you mentioned, you know, you're well, you're a spiritual director, and you're very reflective. Um, how can we listen to that whisper of God in our lives? And how, I mean, how, this is a very practical question, but also like, what does that do for our mental well-being? Mm. Well, I think that we need practices that include silence, um, prayer, meditation, journaling, quiet walks in nature, I I think today so many people are missing some of those elements, and that is not good for mental health. So carving out regular routines and practices that include silence and reflection um, is really important. Um, You know, one of my favorite quotes is by Fred Rogers, and he says, Love begins with listening first to ourselves, and then to our neighbors. And I think it is exactly that order, you know? And when you think about Jesus saying, love thy neighbor as thyself, I mean, you have to have practices where you're tuning in to yourself, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the, the foundations that mental health really depends on is, is, you know, these questions of who am I and what am I? And as Christians, right from the first chapter in Genesis, we're told that we're created in the image and likeness mm-hmm. of God. Our very core is holy. And I think knowing that can save thousands of dollars in psychotherapy. (laughs) (laughs) Know who you are. You have a divine nature. And that is like amazing news. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we live that, we're going to have, you know, a very good connection with ourselves and with our God and know that we're loved. And um, when we treat other people like they're also children of God, and, you know, those sorts of things can change the world. Absolutely. It's the small things. I've quoted Mother Teresa in this room more than than a, a lot, but, you know, that it always, I love that quote, we can do no great things, but small things with great love. And that's exactly, you know, what, what you're speaking on, how we, and that goes for us too. You know, we can spend, you know, thousands of dollars, but are we doing the small things to take care of ourselves? Are we doing the small things that make us happy, bring us joy? Um, those are the moments, the small moments that I think can, can add up over, over time. And I agree with you 100%. I gave the double thumbs up when Terry mentioned silence. <laughs> Silence, I think we are scared of it as a, as a whole, as a whole society. Like, I don't know what it is about it. If we leave, if it's silent, we are too left alone with our thoughts, and that's a scary thing. Um, but that's the moment when we get to enter into our thoughts and we get to enter into that prayer time. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked with. Um, I talked with Mary Jo Curlin and, and Jean Thiel, and we talked a lot about Teresa of Avila and contemplative prayer. And there's, I'm sensing a theme in all of these podcasts as we go forward. Um, maybe God is calling us to to quiet ourselves a little bit, and and I think that is fantastic practical advice, knowing that coming up we've got some major holidays that as fun and and joyous as they are, they are stressful. And not only, and this is, now we've got an extra added layer coming out of this pandemic. I think for some people, like holidays are always difficult, but now that we're coming out of this pandemic, we might see people might be having even more difficulty, whether they've lost a loved one or they've just spent a year and a half in isolation, and now you have to go back and be with family and friends. And so there's a lot of things going on. Um, So I kind of want to start with, and this is personal to me, because I lost my grandma at the beginning of the year. Around the holidays, how, what best practices to handle grief and, and, you know, that loss that people may be experiencing around these holidays? Well, one of the most important things is to recognize that you are grieving. And, you know, the world really encourages people, oh, just stay busy. And the opposite is actually true. 
when when I was trained as a mental health counselor, I was taught to even encourage people to make appointments with their grief, mm. to go to it and attend to it and do the work of grieving. When you lose someone, it can change so much of your life. And mm-hmm. it, it's also a time, I think, where people need to assess, again, who am I, what am I, Where's the meaning in this loss for me? So you really have to take time to be reflective. And sometimes, here we go again, it's about being alone and, you know, being quiet and listening. Um, That's really important. The other thing is grief can be very fatiguing. It takes a lot of energy. And so cutting back and simplifying things, especially during the holidays, I know when I work with clients, you know, we look at, you know, what can you let go of this year um, in your holiday traditions, because you really do need to do less when you're grieving. Um, And, you know, I think just as culturally, we just probably do too much. Yeah. I mean, we, we try to have, you know, all these beautiful rooms in our homes. I mean, I have friends who put up more than one tree, and I think, well, why are you doing that? You know, I mean, so much work for people during the holidays. So, I, you know, I think, especially too, when people are like dealing with grief, and they also work and have a family, I mean, it's just, there's just so much. So, simplifying and trying to think of what are the things for me in the holidays that are really important that I want, you know, to really, you know, make sure I have a nice tree or make sure I do some baking or or whatever it is. But I think just not trying to do it all um, is really important. That's such a simple thing, but difficult for so many mm-hmm. people. Because in, in a, I think in a way, if like you cut back or you don't do something, it's like, you're somehow cheating the holiday. And I mean, I like that idea of like, what's important around the holiday. I know for me, it's well, family, faith, and food are, you know, the three most important things. And any, I think that could be possibly our family motto, um, family, faith, and food. Um, and so I know just from my experience, being able to gather with my family, especially this during this year where we're all grieving the loss of, of my grandma, of our grandma, I mean, being able to be together and we just keep it simple, you know, doing exactly what you said, keeping it simple, you know, don't, no need to go over the top and just find comfort in one another. And then also uh, me as an introvert, finding comfort alone, (laughs) taking that time to be, I love my family, but taking that time to be away from them, find that silence. And, And I know Again, when you say silence, people get scared. But until you try it, you don't know that you actually crave it. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and in terms of your grandma, too, Kristen, I think, you know, sharing memories of her during the holidays, maybe, you know, if food was important in your family, baking or having those things on the table that remind you of grandma and talk about those things because that keeps her spirit more present. And there's also little things that you can do just, you know, even in the prayer or the toast or, you know, talking about 
at Thanksgiving, the things that you're most thankful for about grandma. You know, I mean, what a lovely thing to do. Absolutely. And it just goes to show we're in the midst of November where we remember our loved ones who have gone before us anyways, but just how your spirit lives on, um, not only through, you know, not, not only because we believe in heaven and, and, and going to be home with God, but your spirit also lives on through those who love you and through those you love. And I love that idea of, um, again, food, very important to us. So like I can already see someone's going to have to get grandma's Christmas cookie recipe and make the Christmas cookies. Um, you know, but those are the very important things, um, to be able to say, you know, share memories and everything and, and with a, a glass of something or, you know, a cookie, it, it just makes it all that more special. And, so that's the way grandma's present in that cookie. Mm-hmm. That's the way grandmas always are. They're somehow always feeding you. Um, I'm good. I, I don't need any more food. Oh no, you can you can have a little bit more. Um, I, I love those concrete examples. So thank you. I'm definitely going to take those home um, with my family during these holidays. Um, but again, another thing that is also very very present during the holidays is that stress. And so, I mean, even if you're not, if you don't have anything you're grieving, but just holidays bring out so much stress, how can we care for our mental well-being when we're stressed out or even better, how do we keep ourselves from getting to that stressed out point? Well, I think that we have to recognize life is stressful all the time and certainly ramps up during the holidays because we have so many extra things that we're trying to do during the holidays and we have all these expectations about what the holidays should look like Mm -hmm. and um, so there's a whole bunch of pressure you know internal and external that accumulate at the holidays so I think it's really important, you know, to keep those healthy routines. Hopefully you have some for exercise. Don't skip your workouts, you know, during the holidays. A lot of people do because they're like, oh, I got to go shopping or I need to do this. But keep those routines. They're very important. You need outlets for stress. Um, Don't skip your prayer times, you know, make sure that you're still attending to your spirit because your spirits get weary when you're doing so much. So take time, you know, for those things. I also think it's important, you know, not to um, get too excessive with overspending and with alcohol. Okay. That's important. That's very important. Not something people think about because you got You have to get those, you know, particularly if you've got kids or something, you've got to get the, the perfect gift. Yeah. I never thought about that. You have to be realistic about, you know, your life and your circumstances. I know when my son was 10 months old and I was newly married and new mom and he was walking all over and I strung some popcorn for Garland and he kept going over to the tree and eating it. <laughs> and so I ended up picking up the tree and putting it in the playpen. It wasn't picture perfect that holiday, but you know, we had a tree and we kept him out of it. But that worked. <laughs> that worked. I, I think that it thank you for the reminder that stress is just part of our lives and it's not necessarily about not being stressed out, but how to handle 
that stress. And I think those are super important ways to handle stress, not just around the holidays, but just in, in life in general, because what's the, usually the first thing, um, that when you're stressed out, that falls to the wayside. If you have any kind of exercise routine, that's usually like, I'm too tired to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to, the gym can wait. Um, so that's a great, a great reminder about how to kind of handle that. And I'm being cognizant of when this podcast is going to be released and some people might be on their way to family gatherings as they're listening to this podcast um, for Thanksgiving. Um, knowing that you are going like to a family member's house, some concrete ways that people, some concrete things that people can do this Thanksgiving weekend and then through Advent, which is it's a perfect time because it's a time of preparation, but then cr- the Christmas season to make sure that they're taking care of their mental health or their concrete, like if you feeling, you're feeling, you're feeling it, you know, this, this weekend and Thanksgiving, you know, what could, what can we do? Well, you know, you mentioned that you're an introvert. I'm an extreme extrovert. So I'll get energized by the people I'm around, but introverts might get drained by that. But I think I think the key is always balance for most people. So, you know, when you feel stressed out, you know, or overwhelmed, go take a walk by yourself, Mm -hmm. you know. Pack your blue book for Advent Reflections. You know, we call those the six-minute kind of reflections. And, you know, do some of those things. Um Maybe, you know, one of your practices is looking at the scripture of the day. You can still do those sorts of things. Pack your journal. Maybe you you want to do a little bit of writing, you know, as you wake that morning or in the evening. Um, one of the practices that I've developed, and I was really, I would say, more of a cardio junkie with my workouts, but... The more I look at the science of yoga and meditation, it's so good for our mental health. Mm. And so, you know, I use the Insight Timer app on my phone. Um, it, it There's lots of uh, guided and silent meditations. And so I, I really encourage people to meditate. What we know, science is showing us that neurons that fire together wire together. And so people who meditate actually create neural pathways in their brain for calm. I mean, what a perfect way to, you know, get through stress more calmly. And I've been meditating for years, and I've worked up to 20 minutes a day. And, you know, the key, and I think why I failed at meditation when I tried before, is I I started with, you know, thinking I could do 20 minutes right away. You really have to start with two or three minutes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, find what works for you. Some people like a guided meditation. Some people like nature sounds that they meditate with, you know. uh, I like the silence. It works for me. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, all of those practices, especially like Elijah, go outside, Mm -hmm. take a walk, be in nature. I mean, all of these things really 
are pretty easy to include. You mm-hmm. just really have to be mindful mm-hmm. and you have to choose these things. And I think that goes back to taking care of your mind, recognizing that, you know, in your in our humanity, we have to take care of these things. Mm-hmm. And the more we do take care of our mind, and like you said, the more we know ourselves, the more we will be able to recognize when something's off. And then we're able to seek help before it gets, before we spiral out of control. Absolutely. And I, I there's just, a, this is such a great reminder because it just seems a little bit like common sense, mm-hmm. but to actually have it said out loud and to be reminded that taking time, just as we need to foster our relationship with God, we have to foster our relationship with ourselves, to know ourselves, to know God. Um and I, I, I encourage everyone too to meditate. Uh, it, it is just like exercise. It's if you've never ran a mile before, don't I don't think you're gonna be able to go out and just run a mile. Some people can. The good for they're amazing. Um, I'm not one of those people. I have to work up to it. And it's the same thing with meditation. Like you said, 20 minutes doesn't seem like that long until you're meditating for the first time. You're like, I've been here for 20 days. <laughs> I know the first time I meditated, I was like, my watch had to have stopped. <laughs> There's no way we haven't hit 20 minutes yet. Um, but, you know, and for me, I mean, when I meditate, I practice centering prayer. And so, again, that's very, that's a quiet one. But also just focusing kind of on my breathing. Because I realize um, after meditating, I realize I don't take deep breaths during the day. I, I find that I'm actually a very shallow breather. And so to just focus on breathing and just you, it's amazing how when you take those deep breaths it just calms you down it does and and so even if you're maybe not a meditate like you're not into meditation but you're feeling that stress kind of deep breaths and just focus on the in and the out because um, that goes a long way as well so and there's actually science behind that one too so breath definitely taps into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for calming. And that's why practices like yoga and breathing, you know, do produce that calm for people. The other thing, you know, to to just, that goes along with this line of what, you know, what helps us feel better is sometimes talking about what's bothering us. Um, cortisol levels come down in the in the blood when people just have opportunities to talk to others about things that might be stressing them or problems. And, you know, as a therapist, I, I like people to go away with tools, but I also know that that person is helped by just having an opportunity to be heard and to express, you know, what they're feeling and what they're thinking. Um because, you know, we have, we have these, you know, old cliche or adages of, I feel better just getting that off my chest. Mm-hmm. It's really true. Yeah. So to me, that really also speaks of the importance of community mm-hmm. and how much we do need to uh, include others on our journey and open up about what's, what's on our mind. Being able to listen as well, that's a art form that I feel we may have lost a little bit. Um, being able to listen intently and intentionally 
I know when my friends and I get together, like especially if someone needs to just unload before they even begin, sometimes we ask the question, do you just need a listener or do you want solutions? <laughs> because I think the other, our other, you know, when a friend or a family member is in um, you know, cri- kind of crisis, even if it's not really a crisis, but if they feel, if we feel like they're in crisis, what do we want to do? We want to fix it for them. We want to help them. And so being able to ask that question, do you need solutions or do you just need someone to listen? Most of the time, they just need someone to listen because the solutions will come eventually. Um, but I think that's so true. You know, you just want to unload it. Um, but if you have someone who's then going to immediately try and fix it, that can then, again, kind of bring that stress right back. Um, well, that causes a lot of problems in um, men and women in their relationships <laughs> <laughs> because... <laughs> Men want to fix it, and they don't like to see, you know, the woman in their life stressed. Mm-hmm. So they, they do, and, and women are often saying, I just want you to understand. I want you to hear me. Yep. Oh, that's funny. Um, it, but so, I mean, this conversation, if anything, has kind of made me realize that we might think that what we're going through is unique to us. And it is, but our community, we've all been through something similar. And that's why it is, I think, so important to rely on community. And as we're coming up on the season of Advent, you know, that time of preparation and and coming up on Christmas, it's such a great opportunity to come together and and really enter into the mystery of what it means to be a child of God as we prepare to celebrate the birth of the Son of God. Um, so I, I didn't think I was going to be like turn this into an invitation, like to come, come hang out with us during Advent and Christmas, but you might find that it, it really, being a part of this, com- being a part of a community, praying with a community, and knowing that this community is all work, walking, journeying together towards the same goal, that is an important aspect of who we are as humans. It really is, and that was missing during the pandemic, and I can tell you that that caused a lot of mental health problems for people. There is beauty in coming together in community and just seeing those faces that you see, you know, when you're there and the stories that we all have. And when we look at each other, we... We remember the stories, and that helps us feel less alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at people and I think, oh, I remember when she lost her husband, or mm-hmm. oh, I see this couple, they just got married, or they had a baby. And, you know, you just, there's so many ways that we connect, mm-hmm. and we need that connection. And I think it was really hard for people to be, you know, to be cut off from community. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of a joke in the Catholic Church, but like when people say, oh, you're sitting in my pew because we're such creatures of habit. I mean, you actually, oh, we haven't seen so-and-so at mass in a couple of weeks. I wonder what's going on. We don't know their names, but they always sit here. It's really true. And so, I mean, that's, even if you come to church and you don't want to be seen, just know you're always seen because people are always kind of taking stock of who's who's at church. and, And I think that, adds to that sense of belonging because even if you sit in the back you're still seen Um, and I think that is a a great reminder for people that 
even if you don't know the names of the people around you, this community is still, you're still part of the community. That's very true. I can think of a, a, an older couple that we often sat by we didn't know, and pretty soon you're talking to each other, and you notice when the husband or wife isn't there after a while. And, um, yeah, they, it meant something to see them both. And when you when one is missing, you, you notice that. And um, I, I think it's important to, you know, remember to to ask questions, you know, where is your wife today? Or, hey, I see your husband's not been here. Um, because people need to know they're not alone. And isn't that just the perfect, like, it's just the reminder I think we all need that we're never alone. And especially as, as people of, of faith, we truly believe that God is always with us. But in that, you know, golden rule love god and love one another part of loving one another is journeying and being with the community as well um so i think as you know we kind of move into this holiday season it's an important thing to remember that not only are you building community with family and friends but you can also build community with your faith community as well and to kind of help you carry through this the holiday season into the new year and probably New Year's resolutions as well, because um, I feel like some of the things we talked about kind of lend themselves well to New Year's resolutions. Um, I think for you know, about five years, my one of my New Year's resolutions is to be less stressed out. <laughs> um, but you know, just I, I'm I'm walking away from this from this conversation with some tools in my back pocket. And hopefully the listeners are also walking away with some tools um, for this holiday season and moving forward. And I know we've kind of talked about a lot of things, but is there anything that we didn't get to touch on that you think is really important that people kind of know or recognize um, during the holidays or just in terms of mental health, well-being in general? I can't think of anything that I would add. I really, you know... Um, wanted to stress the importance of, you know, to having ways to tune into your thoughts and your feelings and your needs. And I, I really do think that it is going to take practices of silence to do that. But, you know, also talking to people, sometimes saying things out loud makes you realize what you're thinking and you're feeling. I've had so many clients say, well, now that I'm saying that out loud, you know, it just helps them kind of claim it, see it, own it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess my belief is the silence is important, but so is that community Mm -hmm. that we are also talking about um, and sharing, you know, what's going on with someone else. To be known and to be seen, it's it's what we crave as I think it's at the very core of who we are as human beings, you know, to be known and to be seen, to be, to be loved and found worthy, which obviously we have all of that in our relationship with God, but it's, we need that from one another as well. So Terry, I just want to say thank you again for coming in and, and uh, having this conversation with me and to everyone who's listening. um, Hopefully you have some tools now, you know, as you're moving through your holiday season, if you are handling, you know, working through grief, 
through this these holidays or if you uh, tend to get stressed out during the holidays. And if, as you're maybe working through some of these tools and you're realizing you might, your mind and, and your heart are telling you that you might need some more help than just working through these tools, reach out. And I'm going to include a link in the description of this podcast. So if you maybe think you want to maybe reach out to a counselor, I'll include a link to, that you can wear find where you can find some some counselors and a, can be a jumping off point so again terry thank you this was fantastic thank you and uh, to everyone listening we hope you have a happy thanksgiving and um, as you move into this advent and christmas season you know a prayerful time of preparation and celebration and our next podcast that uh, will have some more special guests we're going to be talking about a, an array of things um, from liberation theology to retreats so we'll hope we'll, you'll tune back in then have a great day